Father God, thank you for this day. I pray that you would speak through me. Change what I wrote if you don't like what I'm saying. We know that your word doesn't return void. And I ask that uh, that promise would be true. Um, Help us to draw closer to you. We thank you and love you for everything you do. Um, We just pray for traveling mercies for Rick and Kristen as they come back and forth. And again, we just be praying that they, uh, it would be fruitful. It would be a fruitful trip for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so as you guys can probably tell, I'm a little bit nervous. Um, the last time I spoke in front of the church was in San Diego, and they never invited me back. So, so let's, we'll see how this goes. Um, let's get started. Okay, so any of you who has children or has watched somebody else's children know that uh, taking care of them can be quite a task. It can be pretty tiring. Um, children, the way that God made them, they want to know everything. They want to touch everything. They want to do everything, right? Um, and it sometimes seems like an endless battle, right? Don't touch that. Don't do that. Brush your teeth. Do your homework. Comb your hair. Don't talk to strangers, right? Um, and you guys, as Christians, we know that we're their pastor, right? We're their school assistant for homework. We're their medical staff when they get hurt, um, <clears throat> we're their dictionary, their therapist, the cook, the cleaner, the chauffeur, um, and their personal shoppers also, yeah? And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other things um, that I didn't think of. But in thinking about kids, why do we do that? Why do we put in the work when it's so tiring, when it's, it's stressful? Let's just be honest. Well, first of all, it's kind of what we signed up for, right, when you have kids. Um, secondly, we know how they're made, so there's no excuse, right? Um, and the way that God created us as Christians, we're supposed to have a responsibility to our children to see how they're going to turn out, what they're going to become, if what you're teaching them, or what you're saying to them is coming true, or how you're acting is how they're acting, yeah? <clears throat> And that's just the way that God wired us to see things to completion. Um, So what is it going to look like when you've taught them all your lessons and they're actually doing that? When they know what they're supposed to know and they do those things? Well, hopefully, if we raise them right, um, we will have children that we're not embarrassed to be around. Um, They might make it to adulthood, Uh, And they might turn into responsible adults um, who are able to figure their way out through this life. Because it can be pretty tough out there. Hopefully they won't struggle in the same ways that you might have. um, And they'll make better decisions than you did. Um, And by the grace of God, um, hopefully they'll have a relationship with Jesus. And encourage encourage others to do so as well. Um, When you don't have an outlook for their life, when you don't have a goal in mind, um, it can be pretty difficult. Every argument, every struggle can just be frustrating, can be really depressing, get you down. Um, and just physically and mentally, you can just be worn out, right, from the constant battles, because it's constant. 
us parents know. Um, and you know, sometimes you might be thinking, would it just be easier to give up? Well, we know, of course, it would be easier to give up, to just say, okay, I'm done. You kids, you do whatever you can do, and I can live my life, and you can live your life. But we don't do that, hopefully. Um, now, raising children is hard work for parents, but I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but grandparents don't have it easy either. Um, 60% of grandparents actually take care of their children, give caregiving, yeah? So just when you thought the job was over, they put you back in, yeah? Um, there's a saying that my wife and I like to say um, when we're raising the kids, and it's just kind of like a, it's a funny thing, and it's kind of usually trying to encourage ourselves, right? If you're exhausted at the end of the day, you had a good day, right? It just kind of sets you up to know that you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired. You're going to get weary even, but you got to still do um, what you got to do. Well, um, if any of you are familiar with the book of Galatians, we know, or you would know, that Paul was putting in a lot of work with his, um, his spiritual children. Now, when I say spiritual children, I mean the people who were converted under Paul, right? Paul came and gave them the message, they accepted Jesus, and now they were considered his spiritual children. And those, for those of you who have spoken to somebody about Jesus and they've given over their life, they are your spiritual children. So just keep it in mind, you just gave yourself more work. Okay? Um, but yeah, we have a responsibility, responsibility to our spiritual children just as our, our normal children. Now, Paul had originally sent, set up the Galatians church and was now writing to them again in this letter. Um, because there was some weird stuff going on. There was false teachers coming in and distorting the gospel that Paul shared with them. Uh, mainly, it revolved around circumcision. The false teachers were saying, you have to be circumcised to follow Jesus to be a Christian. And we know that that's not true. Yeah? <clears throat> so... Um, Paul, in this Galatians letter, he's actually scolding them somewhat. He's saying like, hey, you guys need to stick to the word that I gave you. There's no other word. There's no other gospel. This is what is true. So Paul goes through a little bit of a history of how he was converted, um, why God chose him, right? How the apostles accepted him. Um, even how he gets into a little bit of a battle with Peter about circumcision. Um, then he, then he describes how we preserve the gospel. Justification by faith and not by works, um, and being sons and heirs to the promise. And then finally, freedom in Christ. So I know, that's a long intro. Um, but finally, uh, it leads us to the title of this message. The title of this message is Pauhana Time. Okay? So for those of you who don't know what Pauhana Time is, um, it's a phrase that we use for the day when the work is done. That means it's time to clean up, it's time to finish up whatever thing you're working on, which you're given, and get ready to go. It means it's time to hang out with family and friends, play music, share stories, eat food together, things like that. Um, you could be super tired from working through the whole day, right? Doing whatever you gotta do. Um, 
But when you hear that phrase, it's almost like your whole body can relax. You know that it's time to relax and hang out. Um, you know you've done a good job for the day. Now, one of the things about that is when you're working hard together, right, in a group, cleaning together, cooking together, doing stuff together in general, it's a known fact that you shouldn't be fooling around. There's no resting, not working. It's a concept that the younger generation need to be taught, right? Don't be scrolling on your phone when there's work to do. I mean, that's something actually that they're going to stand out from the rest of the people as they grow up, as we know. You don't stop until everyone's done, until you hear the pauhana call. In the same way, Paul encourages the Galatians and us to keep pushing and working hard. Okay. So today's scripture that we're going to go through is going to be a lot, but um, the main one is going to be Galatians 6.9, and it says this, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So, let's try to see and let's try to break down this verse a little bit. So, Paul is talking about, or what he starts this is the verse he says, and. Um, and in Galatians 5.16, we see the and that he's talking about. He says this in 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here's the contrast. 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So as I said, this was kind of a a scolding message and a teaching message for the, for the Galatians. And you can see that he's telling, don't do that, don't do this. But then he gives the, do this, right? And sometimes when you're teaching your children, you don't give them what not to do. You give them the things that they can do, right? Instead of a whole bunch of rules, they have a whole bunch of things that they can enjoy and, and be a part of. Okay, continues on in, in uh, chapter 6. And Paul goes through a little, another little list of the good things that we can do. Starting in verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you, be too tempted, or lest you too be tempted. 
bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work. Then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. Verse 5. Let the one who is taught the word... Oh, 6. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, that list, and we'll go over it real quickly, um, is restore transgressors gently. Now, I don't know about you guys, um, but I'm not so good about restoring gently. I'm more of the quick, like, hey, what you doing? Stop that, right? But this says restore tr- gently. And why is that? Because that's, that's how they're restored, right? Usually when people are treated harshly, corrected harshly, they're not going to learn. But if you have patience with them, if you can restore them gently, then that builds them up and then they can move forward. Um, the next, second one, keep watch so you don't get tempted. Um, bear one another's burdens. Don't think you are something when you're nothing. Bear your own load. Share all good things with the one who teaches and sow to the Spirit so you can reap eternal life. Um, I know that was a lot for just the word and, but um, we'll, we'll move on. So let us, the next part. So Paul is including himself when he says, let us. Um, he is showing that um, you need to be following his example. He's not just saying rules for thee and rules for me, right? He's not saying you got to do this, but I don't have to. He's saying we're all got to be involved in this. Um, Paul, as we know, he was out doing work, doing good work. He was out um, starting churches, getting beaten and stoned, um, persecuted, spending his time in jail for the sake of the gospel. So it wasn't like he wasn't, wasn't doing any work. Um, but this is also an encouragement. The let us is an encouragement that even though Paul was far away from them, um, that he was there. He was there for them, right? He was there for them when they needed help and when they, when they made mistakes. Um, we're going to look at Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. You don't have to turn that. I'll read it for us. This is what 24 says. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit for some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Okay, next part. Not grow weary. So, Paul's not saying here um, that we shouldn't get tired, right? Or that we shouldn't get weary, even. Um, When we're doing God's work, it's just, it just happens. We get tired. We get weary because we're exerting ourselves, right, to do those good things. And sometimes it's not easy, depending on the people that you're trying to do good to. But more likely what this is talking about is um, we shouldn't get so weary and so tired that we neglect doing those good things. We give up, in, like in the beginning, right? You don't give up on your children. We don't give up doing good work. Um <clears throat> Sometimes it's hard to wait because 
I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty impatient. When I want things, I want it now. I don't want to have to wait. Um, but we know that the good things that God has for us, it's always in perfect timing. He's not going to make you wait longer than you have to, although it might seem that way. He's going to give it to you when you need it. And it's going to be far bigger of a blessing than you could imagine. We're going to go to Matthew. Sorry, I said it's going to be a lot of verses. We're going to go to Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. This is what it says. So we're talking about weariness, yeah? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And then 30 continued, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The next one is 2 Corinthians 4.17. For this momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Right? So sometimes our weariness um, can seem pretty bad, but we know that it's just temporary. Right? Everything has a season, um, and things are always changing so quickly. Okay, let's go move on to the next part of the verse. Of doing good. So the good things that Paul is talking about are things that benefit others. Um, a lot of, um, <clears throat> or we as Christians are called to do good things. That's supposed to be what we're known for. In a lot of, in a lot of other religions and other followings, they're doing good things to benefit themselves, right? We know that in a lot of religions, they're doing good things so that they can finally get the salvation at the end of the line. So Christianity um, is a very big contrast to that because salvation is first. You come as you are, you get salvation. And from then, the outflowing of your heart is to do good things, right? So we know that's different. Um, so Matthew 5, which we're going to go to, 14 through 16. You are a light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, I'm not sure if any of you have thought of this before, um, but uh, we're growing up, you were always told, you know, watch how you're acting around others, right? To be be conscious of that because you never know who's going to be seeing you usually it was actually for cracks but you never knew which auntie or uncle was watching you who they knew if they knew your parents or what but in a different way if we look at it we need to be this light in the world we need to be showing how good god is so if you're out there in the world and you're acting just like the world then then what is it all for right okay for in due season, the next part. Paul is basically saying, when it happens, it happens. We're talking about God's timing again. Now the people that Paul was, talk, were, was talking to, they would have known the seasons for agriculture and all those things, right? When it was coming time to harvest, when it was time to plant, when it was time to water. Um, and um, 
they they would have just understood that it sometimes it takes time, right? Do you guys know how how long wheat takes to grow? About four months. So from that whole time, from the from the planting planting starting to watering all that, you cannot just leave it, right? You can't just say, oh well, I'm just gonna see what grows. You gotta take care of it. You gotta plow the fields. You gotta weed. You gotta take out. You gotta take care of pests. You gotta be care. You gotta be wary of all those things. Um, let's turn to Ecclesiastes three, and I'm gonna read this for you. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under the sun, or under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain, verse 9, what gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet, so he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to men. Okay. So, next part. We will reap. Um, again, these people would have understand what it, what it meant to be in agriculture. That was their livelihood. Um, and they knew that they weren't just going to get to reap without, without putting in the work. Um, but Paul is contrasting that here because he's saying, if you put in the good work, you're going to reap eternal life. In agriculture, you can do all you want, but if nature doesn't cooperate with you, things go wrong. You're not going to get to harvest. But Paul is saying, you will harvest if you're, if you're sowing to the Spirit. It's a guarantee. Sorry, I'm going to go back to Galatians I'm real quick and I'll just read that part again. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap, will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So it's a guarantee for us as well, right, as Christians, that if we are continuing to do the good work in Jesus' name, um, that we get to reap eternal life also. You know, as I was thinking about this, I was kind of thinking, but so what if you stop? What if you give up? What does that mean? And I don't know the answer. You guys will have to ask Pastor Rick and Pastor Stephen. But what it seems to say to me, um, and it kind of makes sense, 
if you're not putting in the work, you don't get to share in the harvest, right? I'm not sure if you guys have read um, the red little chicken to your children or, or the little, little red hen, right? But the story goes like this. The little red hen finds a seed and plants the seed. And, he asks, and she asks all the farm animals, will you help me plant it? Will you help me grow it? And they're like, nope, I'm not gonna. So she's weeding, she's taking care of it. Hey, will you, will you help me harvest, right? Nope, I'm not gonna, all the, all the animals. Then she starts, to make the, she starts to make the bread, the dough. And they're like, will you help, will you help me make the bread? Nope, we're not gonna, right? And then the story ends as the, the chicken or the little hen has the loaf of bread and he's like, who's gonna help eat? And everybody, all the animals are like, yeah, we're gonna help eat. And she says, nope, you're not gonna, right? So, if we do not give up is the, is the final part. Um, this is pretty easy to think about. If we stop doing good, we won't get to share in the rewards. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are, sor- you are serving the Lord Christ. So, what's the point of all this? Well, um, it's not Pahana time yet, right? There's still work to do. Um, so this is just a cautionary tale. I have a friend who's in the Navy who will remain nameless, um, but he had a pretty important job while he was on the ship. Um, his job was to watch these big screens and he would watch incoming artifacts and things. They would end up as blips and beeps on, on this screen. And what he had to determine is whether there were attacks on the ship. And I think they're near Saudi Arabia or something. Um, but, you know, a lot of Navy men, they live pretty hard and fast lives. And, and he's the same. And he had happened to get pretty drunk the night before. And probably every night. Um, so... On his shift, he fell asleep. Um, he wasn't sure how long he had fallen asleep for, but when he woke up, emergency light, red lights were going off. There are there hundreds of lips and beeps on his screen, and he didn't know what to do. Um, obviously, it wasn't time to go to sleep, right? It wasn't time to rest yet. Luckily, he's still alive, but that could have been a disaster for everyone who he was supposed to be watching out for, right? If you and I go to sleep too soon, if we take time off too soon, it's the same thing that's going to happen to our children and our spiritual children and every, everybody that we have influence over, right? So, how do we apply this to our life? Well, simply put, we need to keep working. Keep on sharing Jesus. Keep on teaching the kids Keep on encouraging one another. Keep being a blessing to others. Keep on doing that ministry even after it's maybe gotten pretty old for you. Keep on doing the good that God has called you to do. But maybe you're tired. Maybe you're already tired. You're weary. You're ready to give up. What do you do then? Well, in that case, maybe you need rest. We know that God rested, right? 
we know that Jesus rested. We know that Jesus was so tired that he rested on a boat that was in danger of sinking. <clears throat> Jesus knew the importance of rest so that he, continue, that he could continue doing the good work for us. We need to see the importance of rest so that we continue to do good work also. You know, you can always tell when your kids need a nap, right? They start having a little bit more attitude, maybe not listening as well, overreacting to things. Um, and it's kind of amazing what an hour or two nap will do for a kid's behavior. Now, as adults, we don't get to do that most of the time. But you can see it on somebody's face when they need a nap. But you can't just tell them, hey, go take a nap. But maybe we should be encouraging people to do that. Maybe instead of scrolling on the phone, you can pray and take a nap. Maybe instead of watching that TV show, you can read the Bible and take a nap. Or maybe you just plain need to take a nap. In closing... Um, because we're doing good for others, we're benefiting others, we're going to get tired, we're going to get weary, and expect that, right? If you're exhausted, you had a good day. <clears throat> rest is important, but especially rest in Jesus. And since there's work to be done, let's do it together as the family of God. So when it's all said and done, we can relax and wait for God's final pahana call. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much that you called us to do good work. But not only that, you equipped us to do that good work. Help us to understand the importance of resting in you and taking that time to restore our soul like you always do. Please help us to be more effective for you in that way. As we wait for our eternal life, our reward, our harvest, help us to be diligent in taking care of others, doing good for others. And um, just help us to encourage and spur each other on when we're tired. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>